Welcome to the Flight Deck Podcast, second episode. I'm your host, TK, and I thank you for tuning in. Now, last episode, we talked about the running back and the cornerback positions. Well, this week, I'm starting with none other than the QB position. It is very important right now, and it's very uh, newsworthy because on Monday, Sam Donald officially ended his holdout Signed on the dotted line and he came to practice for the first time. Now, he ended a contract dispute which caused him to miss the first three practices of only only one was uh, in pads. Uh, now, I don't think these three days that he missed will be uh, a major blip on his uh, progression or, or his learning or anything like that. But, you know, we will see. Now, for those of you who uh, didn't really know the details from what I gathered, the biggest point of contention was the default language. Donald wanted an assurance that his guaranteed money will um, void only after suspension and not after a fine. And after going back and forth and smartly and rightfully so, the team finally caved in and uh, pretty much gave his camp what they wanted. That that signing was also history making in that Sam became the first ever top five pick to get his entire bonus as a lump sum at signing. That's huge. Signed on the dotted line, he got twenty point one million. Huge. So now he's back at camp and you know he's practicing getting first team reps, second team reps. And from what I've I've gathered, what I've heard he has uh, he's looked pretty pretty good. Um, he's been hooking up with Robbie and, and 707 drills, as well as uh, Quincy Anuma and uh, also Chris Herndon, uh, tight end out of Miami. Josh McCown has also uh, looked good. I believe at the time of this recording, he has uh, he's thrown maybe 62, 63 percent completion, uh, three touchdowns, no picks. Teddy Bridgewater has looked pretty decent. He, too, has thrown over the 6% range with with three touchdowns and one interception, I believe. And uh, Donald, he has had, uh, I, I believe he's pretty you know, pretty close in, in the percent range and a couple touchdowns and one pick. Now, th- this competition is pretty, uh, pretty good, and it's, it's a welcome sight for all of us Jets fans to actually have a real QB competition. And right now... You have uh, Josh McCown as the, the 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 number one QB on the depth chart, followed by Teddy, and then followed by Sam. And I, I was in uh, a, a couple of uh, Jets chat chat rooms uh, groups, and we were having a discussion about who do do we think should start, or rather, should Sam Donald be the starting quarterback if he beats out Josh? And Teddy and my answer to that was actually yes, yes he should be the starting quarterback, and this is why I say that. First of all, neither Josh McCown nor Teddy Bridgewater will be New York Jets next year. Josh, because of you know age and attrition, you know he's he's more than likely going to retire, and I hope they retain him his services as a coach because I think he knows a awful lot about football and can help Sam and whoever else is there. Teddy, on the other hand, um, he will be a free agent. And if he plays any this year and he looks, you know, decent or good or he looks like he doesn't have any after effects of that injury, he will most certainly court a lot of attention and garner uh, a pretty good contract. And that would make no sense for us to chase him in free agency, to pay him, you know, in free agency if he's not going to accept anything other than being a uh, a backup. And at his age, I really don't see that he would. So anyways, the uh, the conversation was, uh, 
will Sam beat them out? Should he start? And I feel like, yes, he should. If we play um, Josh McCown and make it to the playoffs or win some games, that's fine. He plays the whole season. Okay, fine. Same with Teddy. But what is that saying to uh, the team if Sam beats them out and he doesn't start? And also, looking you know ahead, what does that say to uh, free agents who still have a question mark about the QB position of the New York Jets? But if if Sam does play, and say we only win six, seven, eight games, but he plays and he looks the part, well, then that is something huge to build upon, and that will be a big factor and a lot of guys deciding in free agency if they want to come to play for the Jets or not. And I told the, you know one of the guys, six or seven wins from Sam Darnold is worth more than, than a first-round uh, win with Teddy Bridgewater. Because if, if Teddy, for instance, if Teddy does start and he takes us to the playoffs and he wins a game, guess what? He's definitely leaving because so many people will be willing to back up the Brinks truck for his services. And that doesn't include the New York Jets because that would be physically irresponsible and wouldn't make any sense considering we got Sam. So my hope is that they do showcase Teddy and he plays and he shows that he has worth and has value and he's lights out and he makes a a few good throws. And once he does that, the front office opens up the uh, door for trades and try to get anything that they can for him from some team now I don't I don't wish any injury upon anyone but injuries are a part of the game so if someone gets hurt I'm hoping that um, the market is open for Teddy and we can get something for him now with that said if Sam doesn't beat them out doesn't look the part then of course then of course um, Josh will more than likely be the starter with Teddy getting playing time with the hopes of generating some some buzz for himself and us getting something for him. But regardless, whether it's this year or moving forward, Sam Donald will be our quarterback and that's just what it is. So since I started the first part of the podcast talking about Sam Donald and the rest of the quarterback room, I think it's only right that I go ahead and finish the offense by covering the line, wide receivers, and tight end since we already talked about the running backs on the first episode. Now, regardless of who the quarterback is, they're only as good as the personnel around them. Even though some quarterbacks, you know, do improve other players, they still can only function well if the rest of the offense is functioning well and doing their jobs. So with the offense, um, before I move into, you know, individual positions, I'll, uh, you know, kind of give like a, a a review of where we stood last year. So our offense was tied for 32nd in the league with uh, plays per drive at 5.1 plays per drive, which is is horrible. You know, you can't expect your defense to win every single game. Um, when you don't give them rest, when you don't give them um, a chance to uh, have good, you know, positions on the field. You know, if they're starting already on their side of the field, how effective can they be? Um, we were 24th in scoring. One good note is that 
We were 15th in red zone efficiency. We were 23rd in the league on uh, third down conversions at 35.5%. And that just goes to show that we did not make opposing defenses work. We did not, you know, run them down, uh, pound the rock. We didn't force them to dig deep and stop us. We were stopping ourselves. Also, um, we were ranked 31st on conversions on third and fourth down with two yards or less. So we we were not getting the, the tough yardage. We were not getting the uh, first downs that we needed, you know. So third and one, third and two, we were just horrible at converting that. And we're looking this year, you know, as fans to see a huge change in that. And that change um, starts up front. Now, with that being said, I do believe that this year's offensive line will be a lot better than last year's um, offensive line for for three reasons. Um, first reason is Wesley Johnson is gone. He was ranked damn near last as uh, as a center compared to his his other uh, centers in the league. Uh, second reason is Brian Winters was hurt last year. Now the expectations are high this year for uh, for winners. You know he had um, he had suffered a torn abdomen against Oakland last season in week two, and he played with it through week fifteen, and his level of play you know showed that. So I'm really hoping to see a a difference from him this year. Um, thirdly, it's Spencer Long. Now he was hurt you know he played with the Redskins and he was off injured but a healthy Spencer Long making the calls up front has to be better than Wesley Johnson I mean he was ranked 31st I believe so there's only only way that we can go at the center position is up so the the offensive line as a whole last year they were ranked 19th in rushing uh, average with 106.4 yards uh, on the ground per game. Now, the positives that they did have, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, they were six in the league with 14 rushes of 20 plus yards. They were tied for first with five rushes of 40 yards or more. And that's that's good. It shows, you know, well, it shows that that they they have the potential potential to block, and it showed that we did have some home run hitters. Um, another terrible stat, and, and and I'm hoping against hope that it it really increases this year was that they gave up a total of 47 sacks, which was seventh worst in the league, seventh worst. So. You know, we we all have high expectations for this 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 team. Um, we all hope that we have a better offensive line than what we had, and I honestly think we will. So right now, you know, our starters are are slated to be Kelvin Beecham, James Carpenter, Spencer Long, Brian Winters, and uh, Brandon Shell on the right side. 
Now, of the uh, slated starters on this line, Brandon Shell right now may be the only one that give me um, more pause. Now, he's he played very solid last year. He started 12 games. He did, you know, show signs of injury concerns, missing four games. But he was very solid. For one, he didn't give up a lot of penalties. Now, the only concerns that I do have about him right now is uh, – him giving up sacks he gave up the most i believe out of all the linemen last year with eight sacks so that's probably you know something to keep an eye on but i think that he will improve and he could become the right tackle that we need you know as a staple for years to come with those said being the starters we have to look at our depth on the line so right now we have uh Tra- travis swanson uh brinkle volley dakota dozier being Jelana. Jonathan Harrison, Ben Braden, Dakota Shipley, Darius James, and Antonio Garcia, the the third round cast off from the Patriots, who had uh, blood clots in his lungs and got released, but now he is cleared to play. I really like this kid, huge kid, six seven, three hundred something pounds. He, you know, he he was a a, a stud. In college, even though he played in that air raid offense at Troy, but he he has very long arms. He has great footwork as a passer, but he's he's as a pass uh, blocker, but he struggles with run blocking, and that can be corrected, you know, uh, with good coaching. But he ha- he had the six best highs uh, blocking grade in the nation, and his his last year in college, he did not give up a sack. So. They can correct his his shortcomings as far as footwork and get him accustomed to the NFL game and a, a normal offense. I think this kid will be very good. So he may be one to watch in the future. He may be one to uh, possibly take over, maybe left side, maybe right side. Who knows? But I really like this kid, and I think he will be uh, helpful to the line, whether it's this year or years to come. <laughs> So to finish off the offense, we'll go over the wide receivers and the tight ends. Now, many of you have heard being said and written repeatedly that the offense has no weapons, you know, no viable receivers, no tight ends, you know, running backs are shaky. But I really disagree with the notion that we have absolutely nothing. Now, right now in camp, our wide receiver room is stacked um, with bodies and, and a lot of talent, to be honest with you. So right now, we have uh, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, Terrell Pryor, Quincy Newell, Chad Hanson, Darius Stewart, Andre Roberts, Trey McBride, Sharon Peak, Lucky Whitehead, Devin Smith, Charles Johnson, and Jonah Trineman. The tight ends, we have uh, Jordan Leggett, Chris Herndon, who I like a lot, Eric Tomlinson, Bucky Hodges, who, by the, well, we had Bucky Hodges. I believe he just got got released Neil Sterling and Clyde Wofford that we got from the Raiders. Now, let me just start with the the top wide receivers, the projected starters. Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, Terrell Pryor, and Quincy Nua. Now, the Jets are the only team in the NFL who can boast to have four receivers who have had 800 yards receiving. So last year, um, Robbie had a career year. So did Jermaine Curse. Robbie had 63 receptions, 941 yards, 17 TDs. Showed he can uh, break down the defense over the top with his speed. Uh, Curse had 65 receptions, 810 yards, 5 TDs. 
we have to go back to six t- 2016 to really see what Quincy could do and what Terrell Pryor can do. With Quincy having 58 receptions, 857 yards, and four TDs, and Terrell Pryor 77 receptions, 107. I'm sorry, 1,007 yards and four TDs. Like I said earlier, I disagree with the notion that we don't have any talent. We got the speedster with Robbie who can take the top off of defense. We have Quincy who can get the tough, hard yardage across the middle, intermediate um, routes, who can create mismatches inside with safeties and linebackers. We have Jermaine Curse who can be that possession receiver, that short yardage guy who can also get up and, and get the ball as well, even though he's not a very big receiver. We got Terrell Pryor, who, when healthy, has great hands, could possibly be the best wide receiver you know, this year. Possibly. I'm not saying that that's true, but he has a size. He has a speed. He can get you outside. He can get you inside. Now, the dark horse for me, who I, I think will have a good year is a kid from California, Chad Hansen, who I'm hoping has a great year and shows that he will be our future uh, with Sam. You know, we got a Darius Stewart who's facing uh, suspension, who didn't look the part last year, who struggled, looked lost at times. We got Lucky Whitehead who could be special teams, even though he hadn't really just had just this awesome special teams career, but that's what a lot of people expect from him. We also have... Uh, McBride, who has shown flashes in training camp to show that, you know, he could be the real deal. But he, too, is similar size to Jermaine Curse. So who knows where that would go? But we do have a lot of talent to push competition in that room. And I'm pretty sure whoever makes the cut will be the best of the best. Same with tight ends. We have a lot of young kids. You know, I I like Leggett coming out of college from uh, Clemson. He he looked very good with Deshaun Deshaun Watson last year. He, you know, he 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 had the name Lazy Leggett. At times, he he looked to be earning that name. You know, injuries and lackadaisical play practice that you know I've heard and read. So I'm hoping that he turns the corner this year and really you know produces something. Now Chris Herndon out of Miami, I do love this kid. I think he will be a steal in the fourth round, and I do think that he will grow with Sam, and they will be a dynamic duo. I do believe whoever earns the starting tight end position will surprise everyone. Now I'm not saying they'll get 70 catches you know, 900 yards, eight touchdowns. But I do think that the tight end position would be relevant. One of these young kids that we do have coming up. We know what we have with Tomlinson. I'm kind of intrigued by Clive Walford. You know, he was decent out in Oakland. So there's a lot of competition in that room as well. A lot of talent. And this offense could really, really, really be special if all of these guys step up and play to their capabilities as well as the play calling um, with Jeremy Bates and uh, Rick Dennison controlling the run game, this zone blocking scheme that they're instituting. You know, those two guys are a Shanahan disciple. So excited about the offense, really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we have a a better disciplined team, less uh, offensive penalties, less mistakes, getting a strong, uh, strong run game, getting a tough yardage, getting those third and nines, third and eights, and, and really just show – what we're made of. I really do believe that and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So now that we got the offense out of the way, we can go ahead and finish up this defense. 
Now, this defense is led by a, a very talented young core with Jamal Adams, with, uh, with Marcus May, and with Big Cat in the middle. And we also have some, some very talented um, rookies that, that's making a, a splash in training camp. Now, before I get into that, let me give you a quick rundown of last year's defense. So, we were 28th in passing TD percent allowed at 5.4%. We were 19th in QB passer rating. We were tied for 16th in yards per attempt. We had the fourth worst in the TD to INT ratio outside of the red zone. We were 28th in sack percentage at 4.8%. And, and, and saying that, like, you cannot kill drives and stop offenses from, from doing anything if you're only getting sacks on 5% of, of, uh, of plays. We were also 28th in sacks last year with 28 sacks. We, uh, we only had 138 QB hits. And we had, uh, you know, we, we, we gave up quite a few, you know, critical, critical plays through through um, penalties, through lapses in, in, in play. You know, we, we showed a bunch of uh, undisciplined play last year that led to us losing a lot of games. Because quite honestly, you know, we... We were a eight and eight, nine and seven team, you know. If it wasn't for a a few plays, and of course, you know those those many callback touchdowns, but that that's a whole nother rant right there. Now, this year, we have uh, we have of course our projected starters of Leonard Williams, Steve McClendon uh, in the middle, and. Uh, Henry Anderson that we got for a late round pick seventh I believe from the Colts last year we're also uh, we also have the rookie Nathan Shepard Mike Pinnell Deion Simon Folorunsu Fadukasi Xavier Cooper uh, Courtney Upshaw who looks more like a linebacker to me and uh, Micah Thomas now going through that <clears throat> Um, I've been seeing, you know, articles and hearing things, um, you know, from, from different, uh, people like, uh, Connor Hughes and, and, and others that Leonard Williams is having a, a very, very good, good camp this year. Now, last year he was, um, he, he, he wasn't himself. He didn't look very good. And, you know, even he, you know, kind of said that, he didn't uh, take care of himself like he should have. Um, you know, he, he looked, you know, sluggish. You know, he just didn't look like who we thought he, he could be or what he should be. And a lot of that could have been, you know, the lackadaisical play of of Mo, um, who that, that's a whole other story, too. Um, I, I, hate, I hate that turned out the way that it did. Um, also, no Sheldon. Um, we lost um, snacks year before, so you know we had a lot of a lot of changes going on, and 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 that could have affected you know Big Cat as well. Now you know last year um, we had 
Demario Davis, and a lot of people really didn't didn't understand that trade. You know, we got rid of Calvin Pryor, who was a bust, and brought back Double D, and he had a hell of a year for us. Hell of a year. Um, Mac looked like a genius trading him last year. Too bad we couldn't keep him for this year. But we do have uh, a new middle linebacker with Avery Williamson from Tennessee who who's playing with a chip on his shoulder because he felt like he was disrespected last year in Tennessee with uh, the decline of his playing time. So he's coming out there with a bunch to prove, and I'm hoping you know he's lights out just as much as Double D was. We also have... Um, Darren Lee, who's expected to step up and take more of a leadership role. You know, he's calling the defense now. Um, so I hope that that he turns into everything that I hoped he would coming out of OSU because the guy's lightning quick. Now, he's a little undersized, um, but, you know, he has good strength, good lateral movement. Um, he can, you know, run sideline to sideline. But I'm hoping he can get his nose in there and start hitting people ass at the line. Um, you know, getting to the quarterback, creating, you know, disruptions, sticking to tight ends because we were terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible last year when it came to defending the tight end position. I believe we were actually, you know, one of the worst in the league. So I'm hoping that would change. Now, our biggest hole right now, and we all know this, is lack of a pass rusher. Now, we got Jordan Jenkins and Josh Martin, who's slated to to start at the outside linebacker spots. And we also have David Bass. And between those three, that may have been six, seven sacks tops last year. That just won't cut it. It just will not get the job done. Um, now, behind them, we have Lorenzo Malden, who's been, you know, more talk and more injury than anything. We got Dylan Donahue, who a lot of people are high on. Um, he's made some dumb choices as far as off the field. I'm hoping with Kevin Green in his ear, uh, teaching him and training him, he can become something that, you know, we're looking we're, we're looking forward to having. He can become that, that sack guy that we need. Um, like I mentioned, we got David Bass, uh, we got Kevin Minter, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Neville Hewitt, Brandon Copeland, Frankie Louvu, Anthony Went, and Obam Guacha. So we have a lot of guys in the linebacker room um, that, are, you know, outside of, of Williamson, Darren Lee, and Jenkins, I really don't, you know, expect a whole lot from those guys. Now, I personally wanted them to sign Kevin Mitchell last year. Um, I really hated that, you know, we didn't get him because I really thought, you know, he could help us last year. So I'm hoping that he can help us this year. Um, so <clears throat> hopefully, you know, the defense can pull it together. You know, we can get um, more more pressure on the quarterback you know I, we had i believe a total of um 100 190 maybe total you know qb hits hurries rushes and things like that and that was in the middle of the pack but what good is you know 
getting to the quarterback when you're there a second or two too late and they're still getting passes off, still getting those third and eights, third and nines, you know, third and fives. So hopefully we can improve on that. We really need, you know, uh, one of those outside linebackers to step up and show out because, you know, when you think about it, we have had um, no double-digit sacks from an outside linebacker since 2013 when Calvin Pace, you know, led um, with 10. And, you know, what's crazy, we hadn't had uh, a linebacker lead the team in sacks since um, 2011 when Aaron Mabin had six uh, sacks that year. So, you know, there's a lot, lot, lot of room for improvement. Hopefully these guys are up to the task because if we can get, you know, two, three guys with seven, eight sacks, you know, that would be huge because our back end of our defense, I believe, will be a top five, six, no lower than seven. I, I honestly believe that with the addition of Tremaine Johnson, with the maturation of uh, Jamal Adams, with the maturation of Marcus May, also with um, Claiborne moving from the one slot to covering the number twos, and hopefully, uh, you know, we get more from Buster. If not, Perry Nickerson stepping up. Derek Bones-Jones is having a hell of a camp. So we have the talent there to actually put together a very nice defense. Now, I'm not saying we'll be, you know, top 10 defense, although that would be outstanding. If we are, we're at least, you know, 10 and 6 because I think the offense will put up some very good numbers, um, a lot better than what we did last year, a lot more consistent than what we did last year. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, consistency is the key. Um, Discipline is the key. And right now, you know, Coming out of camp, they, they've been committing a lot of penalties and they've been uh, penalized for from the coaches. He's working their asses off to fix this problem. So hopefully, you know, all that hard work will transition and correlate to results. That's what we're all wanting. That's what we're all needing. And here's the hoping against hope that, you know, we have an, another rookie of the year candidate emerge, whether it be Nickerson or um, Nathan Shepard, because he's been tearing it up from what I've seen and heard. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Kid has an excellent story, excellent work ethic, and he fits right in with the New York Jets and what they're trying to do. So best of luck to him. Best of luck to the defense. Best of luck to the offense and the coaching staff. And we're about to roll into the preseason. Tonight we have the uh, Hall of Fame game starting with Chicago and the Baltimore Ravens. So football season is here. Preseason is here. And I personally can't wait. This has been episode two of the Flight Deck Podcast, and I thank you for tuning in. Make sure you like, follow, and share our Facebook fan page, The Flight Deck Podcast. You can also find the podcast itself on the various um, podcasting platforms, Google Play, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, so on and so forth. Please like, follow, subscribe, share, spread the word. Let's help make this thing really big because it's all about the New York Jets. Now, 
We covered the offense. We covered the defense. We covered the ins and outs. We didn't really cover special teams, but, you know, we'll get to that at some other time. But remember the next important date we have, August the 10th, which is the first preseason game, the New York Jets facing the Atlanta Falcons. And the next podcast will pretty much sum up that game, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we saw, what we felt. And, you know, we'll just interact and take it from there. So please catch up with us the next week. I'm looking forward to talking to you, looking forward to fielding any questions. And I thank you once again for tuning in. This has been the Flight Deck Podcast. Oh, thank you.